good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karigi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local, national, and Native news and events, and as you know, Chujunk, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we got State Senator Mary Kunish. It's our, our it's our fun, uh, relaxing Friday conversation, and then uh, ending the show with uh, Wendy with their sacred animal portion of the show. Uh, my wife Wendy Pilot, uh, honey G he honey, um, cares for them. Will be uh, ending the show with us, and so it'd be great. Uh, hey, welcome, Senator Mary Kunish, and uh, always so great to have you on. Oh, mitake ape, everybody. Glad to be here on this beautiful Friday. Hey, so before we get into uh, what you want to talk about, I just want to touch lightly on this. Uh, tonight, Friday night, here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis, the Parkway Theater presents Indian Way Comedy. And, uh, you know, we had Trish Cook on, who's going to be on, but it's hosted by Deanna Ray, a Standing Cloud. We have John Roberts and Donovan Archibald and the uh, tickets uh, it starts at seven and the tickets are going pretty quick. And I know the last few times we've had this, Haley, it's sold out. Right. Yeah, it's it should be a really great show and I'm excited to hear all about it. Right on. And uh, uh, State Senator, uh, it's just great that we're we're still here and we're still doing stuff like this and uh, and having a comedy uh, sellout like this is just just awesome. Well, I mean, we always need good comedy. We always need a good opportunity for some relief and a good hearty laugh and uh, smiling faces all around us. So um, from what I understand, Trish is extremely entertaining. And so I hope that all of you that get out there tonight and... um, and get to see her and participate in the crowd. Just have a really, you know, raucous laughing time uh, and, and enjoy yourselves very, very well. Right on, right on. Hey, uh, so let's swing into this. Uh, you know, there's some stuff that's going on that we'd love to talk to you about. And that uh, uh, one is uh, wild rice. What, what's going on with the wild rice? Well, you know, wild rice now for decades and decades has really been under threat for different reasons, whether it's, um, you know, uh, cultivation of the rice uh, outside of Minnesota. And then recently, um, in the last decade or two, um, the cultivation of wild rice here in Minnesota, um, especially near some of our our natural rice beds. And... um, you know, Minoman rice is is the sacred uh, 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 food of our Anishinaabe Ojibwe relatives. It's uh, the state grain for Minnesota, and it's a superfood, right? It grows on the water. Uh, if we if we think of the sacredness of the wild rice, it, it was uh, there was a premonition by an ancient relative that lived out east, the original Ojibwe Chippewa, and he had a vision that said, you need to move west, move west until you you find where the food grows on the waters. Mm -hmm. And when you get there, you'll know, and that's where you stop. And of course, our Dakota um, relatives were here and they kind of moved over and made space for them. And um, it's, it's become, you know, not just a sacred um, object, but it is also um, incredibly nourishing for our communities. As when we think back historically on the 
and I'm just going to say a crap food that the government sent our people, at least they had monomen to nourish their um, mind, bodies, and soul, let's say. So there's, you know, always been concern around um, any kind of efforts to, uh, or any uh, threats to wild rice, especially here in Minnesota. And last year we had some legislation. Um, there's a, a research program up north in Minnesota through the University of Minnesota and um, they work with some entities that um, cultivate rice up there. The uh, tribes that, uh, you know, still have the natural grain um, are concerned about that, that that could affect their grain down the road, the cultivated rice, um, because, you know, birds and animals come and eat that rice. They wander around, they drop stuff. And um, mm -hmm. the next thing you know, that cultivated rice has either um, changed the original authentic wild rice or it's taken over. I mean, there's just not a lot of, um, there's just a lot of concern about preserving it in its natural state. So um, we at the legislature asked for uh, a report and the report came out. It's um, a cumul cul um, cul cumulum. Oh my gosh, it is the product <laughs> of an extensive uh, conversations that um, in the end provided recommendations on the future of wild rice breeding programs here in Minnesota. And uh, from what I understand, I didn't, uh, I wasn't in on these discussions. The, um, and to quote unquote, revealed that profound cultural, economic and environmental significance of wild rice Reinforcing the need for careful consideration and action is is needed. And they had some key findings that I thought was really interesting. Um, they have that uh, all of the parties involved really stress biodiversity preservation and the necess necessity of preserving wild rice's genetic diversity, especially when we look at the threats um, of uh, of uh, climate change. And I mean, look it up here in Minnesota. Do you know that my crocuses are about three inches out of the ground? The leaf Jeez. is. That doesn't happen until when? April? May. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So um, and they, they uh, also wanted consideration around increased yields because we know this is a strong economic um, uh, force for our tribes up north. We want they want to point out the cultural sensitivity, uh, especially of any breeding program and how important it is that tribal involvement and respect for those traditional practices and the cultural viewpoints are stressed um, as a, along with a cultural aware approach to it. And then um, again, uh, they talk about the market demand and um, there's a growing market for it. And that cultivated wild rice producers view the breeding program as sustainable means to meet those those demands. But the tribes themselves are very, very concerned, as I mentioned. And so one of the things that they also put in the report is um, the uh, need for persistent issues and, and communication with um, the tribes. And the tribes expressed concerns, um, really strong concerns about inadequate inclusion in decision-making processes, um, the breeding programs that have popped up, and the lack of representation in those discussions about wild rice. Yeah, there needs to be a protection on this. Um, like you said, uh, I, I know nationally this is a thing, too, uh, that other uh, states are dealing with this. And if you go on Amazon, you can find Minnesota wild rice. And that's not done by the tribes or anything. And, and there's right. no label. Um, so it's it's an approachment on uh, sovereignty, I do believe. Mm. I, I think a lot of people feel like that. And so um, the recommendations, they had four of them that came out of this report. They um, suggest that we increase funding for environmental stewardship and conservation. 
uh, and to prioritize wild rice conservation and preservation mm -hmm. efforts, emphasizing the protection of natural stands of wild rice and um, and those unique genetic diversity. Because you know this, but not everybody knows this. All of our different areas have their own unique um, yeah. colors, rice, and it tastes different. It looks different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk a little bit more about that in this next segment and also uh, the political season that's coming up. Hey, yeah. we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Life can be hectic. Sometimes the pressure can feel like too much, and the emotions can be overwhelming. Hennepin County's COPE Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts, and that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul. Only the good stuff keeps us awake. I am awake. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and we we're talking about what's happening up in the deep north, which we'd like to call it here in the in the Twin Cities. Uh, when uh, there's a wild rice, uh, I don't know. I just say appropriation, but you can you can correct me here. It's uh, pretty interesting too that these things that uh, we hold sacred uh, become commercialized and uh, McDonaldized. I guess is one of the ways to put it. But welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just a few more things I wanted to um, share with you, the recommendations from that that report that we received. So we talked about funding environmental stewardship and conservation, but also um, really the increase in the necessity for effective communication with the tribes, uh, not just an email or a letter that's being sent, but, you know, really meaningful dialogue, especially around wild rice conservation, cultivation and, and breeding uh, programs and not just invite them in, listen to them, but really take their input and their insights and their decisions uh, should weigh, you know, probably the most when making any kind of decisions. There needs to be strong agreement on anything um, if you're if if they're going to go forward this and and not just say, oh, we consulted with the tribes, but then we decided this because that's how things have happened for way too long. And then they're also suggesting that we temporarily suspend breeding activities. So um, they feel that more analysis um, needs to be conducted. And it needs to be conducted with tribal consent and collaboration. Um, 
They should, it should include a, a much more robust and definitive research uh, system around genetic drift and impact mm. analysis because there are genetically modified rice up, up north. Yeah. And as I was saying, um, you know, that genetic drift, waterways connect in all different ways. And um, we need a better understanding of that genetic drift and uh, an impact analysis so that we can make really informed uh, economic, health, cultural, and, and other kind of considerations. And then there needs to be a lot more education around wild rice and cultivated wild rice, um, you know, the differences between them, because not all wild rice is is the same. And as I was mentioning before we went on break, um, you know, even the different tribes will argue that their rice is better and it looks different. It tastes yep. different. It cooks differently. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. And there's a huge difference between hand harvested natural stand rice mm-hmm. um, and then the culturally uh, you know, the the um, genetically adapted ones and the commercial cultivated varieties. And, you know, it's not just the food itself or the economic uh, impact, but it's around the cultural significance yeah. and the heritage of Minnesota's tribes and their relationship to the rice. And they absolutely should be part of the conversation when it comes to marketing, competition, you know, uh, uh, business competition. California, I think, also uh, is the is the largest uh, producer of wild rice. But of course, that's all that's not natural. Mm -hmm. And so people don't know the difference between what is naturally harvested rice and what's um, genetically adapted. So I'm looking forward to learning more about this and hearing more about this. I'm on the aid committee in um, the Minnesota Senate. So I'll be for sure be asking our chair, um, Chair Putnam, to uh, have a hearing on this. We all need to learn more about it and and put in those guardrails, the safety nets um, for our, you know, this sacred, sacred grain of ours. Oh, absolutely. And I just have to, I, I know we want to move on here, but one of the things I'd like to say too is a, a great example, uh, Mary, is uh, our corn. Things like that can, we're very careful about our seeds and our corn and not mm-hmm. get, uh, and I like that genetic drift uh, term. Uh, you know, we're very careful on uh, 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 planting our, our, our corn from way back and not this yellow stuff that's yeah. All over the place. It has no nutrition value and uh, yeah. is fed to uh, pigs and hogs and yeah. and whatever. But, hey, uh, great report. we got to stay vigilant and stay on top of this and uh, let our listeners know because this is, this is serious stuff. Yeah. Well, we've been talking all week, and I think uh, State Senator will be talking, like, uh, <laughs> for the next 10 months for sure about how we – can uh, engage and uh, make things happen and keep the state blue. Uh, let's talk about some of that uh, uh, procedures and things that uh, our listeners can do to help uh, uh, all around Turtle Island, but here in Minnesota too. Um, yeah. So we had the, those primaries in New Hampshire and Iowa, and I think we've all heard the results of, of them. Um, uh, Biden winning in, New Hampshire, and his name wasn't even on the ballot. Uh, he didn't have his name on the ballot in protest because it had been decided that uh, South Carolina, I think it's, or is it North Carolina? One of them would be uh, the next site, and and they went ahead and did theirs anyway. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just a reminder that this is an election year, 2024, and as usual, it's uh, this is a make-or-break election year, especially mm-hmm. in the White House. And uh, here in Minnesota, our senators are not getting reelected. We have a four-year term, so mm-hmm. we have until 2026 to serve. But our House members 
and our um, our other governmental agencies or offices will be up for re-election in November. And so I really would encourage everybody to learn more about our election process and absolutely um, become involved. We just had that um, the um, uh, presidential primary on uh, this week. But in February, uh, there's another presidential primary day here in Minnesota. That's February 13th. And you can go online to the Secretary of State's office and register in advance for that. And then our presidential primary primary day, and I mean by our, I mean Minnesota, is going to be in March. Mm. And that is, of course, going to be a really important day, like like every year it, it really is. Um, if if we have the former president uh, at the helm again, I I just don't even know what we what will what will look like in four years. So right. um, and then uh, starting in June, at the end of June through uh, mid August, you can vote in person or mail for um, those primary elections. So we have congresspersons, a lot of different um, uh, offices are up for election. And then um, come July 23rd, you can begin to um, register for uh, the election day primary. And that primary day for um, elections is August 13th. And then, of course, we have election day on November 4th. But you can begin voting by September 20th. And um, you can register early. Um, starting October 15th. So we'll we'll keep you posted, but we have the U.S. president, um, U.S. senators, U.S. representatives. Those are the ones out in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And then we have our state representatives and our judicial seats um, are open. And then many of our municipalities have city offices, um, uh, school boards, township office, offices, um, and there's, um, I'm sure we will have a few ballot questions on our um, on our ballot. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean uh, these are things that might be like a constitutional amendment to our our um, our Minnesota Constitution, for example, the ERA, Equal Rights Amendment. And I have been working for eight years <laughs> on getting. Um, a statement of equal rights in our state constitution. And I passed it off the House in 2019. I passed it off the Senate just last year. Um, this year, the House will need to, rat, you know, to vote it off. Um, and then once that happens, we will put that on the ballot in November for um, Minnesotans to decide, should we have this equal rights statement in our state constitution (laughs) and polls show overwhelmingly minnesotans say yes 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 what so one of the questions haley had uh at some time this week i do listen to your questions haley Mm -hmm. uh and do you remember it was about uh voting your question was about voting early yes so people can vote early i think is what you said mary when was the date again Yep. You can begin. Um, people can start um, registering in advance. So you can get out there and register to vote starting October 15th and then starting September 20th through November 4th. So right up to Election Day, you can vote by mail or in person. And then, right. of course, Election Day um, is also very, very important. Absolutely. Right. Right. And I, I don't know, this year, a lot of times I'd, I'd like to, depending if I'm in town, but for sure, I like to go in there and vote and see how many people are voting and feel yeah. like I'm going to get my sticker. But also in years past, too, uh, Wendy and I have uh, voted early, too, down on Plato uh, in St. Paul. So yeah. there's many ways, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about it. Hey, this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and my Chujunk Haley Cherry. We'll be right back after this short break, Haley. Stay with us. Mm-hmm. 
JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month. Right here on AM 950. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving. Getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. End-of-life decisions are not easy to make. Hi, I'm Mary T. of Mary T. Hospice Care. It's important to make sure that this difficult time is meaningful and comforting to you and your loved ones. Our hospice team provides an individualized program of physical, emotional, spiritual, and practical care so your loved one is comfortable and not in pain. At Mary T. Hospice, we understand that choosing the right hospice care provider can be overwhelming, but we're here to assist you. Learn more today at MaryTInc.com. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic, or NAC, in Minneapolis. Yeah, what's a serving tradition? How does that go? The, the What do you usually say? It's a good Honoring tagline. health and tradition. I, yeah. I tried to switch it up, but. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You should, sorry, Haley's doing her job and I'm questioning it. Sorry, Haley. All right, cool. <laughs> hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and again uh, with Haley Cherry, the producer here of Native Roots Radio. And we're, we're talking about, well, I'd like to talk about the, not only importance, but also how I kind of see it, State Senator, is that we talk about this and uh, we've been talking about this all week with, uh, we had Ruth Buffalo on and Heather this week and we were talking about firing up the Sunday symposium again too, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, really was a great check-in for all our native leaders and native people across Turtle Island and that you were on every week uh, for months and months. And uh, it just was a really good, uh, really good feeling to see how people were doing across Turtle Island. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we're hearing now 
is that people are afraid uh, of what could possibly be another Trump uh, presidency. And I guess what I want to say is that we are like we had like we did down in the um, when we did the Sunday symposiums, we outnumber them and we need to stay Mm -hmm. vigilant and we need to. If you need to do anything, you need to uh, help people register and and uh, give people a ride and all those things that uh, during voting and uh, that uh, organizations like Make Voting a Tradition uh, and all these groups across Turtle Island that really help uh, join up and help with them. Yeah, it is so important in Indian country that we all make voting a tradition. Yeah. Um, absolutely. For for generations, voting was not even allowed for our uh, indigenous people here in Minnesota. They were denied it. My grandpa couldn't vote, and his you know white wa- white wife um, could go to the polls and vote and 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 participate in that way. And I remember you know him talking about how important it was. And what a responsibility and what an honor it is to have that right to vote. Um, There's so much at stake with these elections when it comes to Indian country. There are so many federal dollars that were promised and are in the Constitution and in the treaties that are owed to the tribes that either um, were not accessing or we don't understand how to um, pull those down through different government entities. Um, but also education, health care, all of those things, so much of that comes from our federal government. And it's absolutely vital that the leaders at the federal level as well as at the state level are um, allowing and promoting access to those dollars and getting those dollars out to where they belong. And as I said, this has not happened forever. And we haven't had the voting block to make the difference or to put the right people who are going to look out for our best interests in office and who will fight for us. So I I really challenge everyone to look at who represents you and are they doing their very best to represent us in the best way in whatever level of um, of uh, election that you are, whether it's a school board or city council or dog catcher or, you know, your state rep or your federal representatives, and especially our president, because we saw what was going on when when um, Trump was president. He he opened up sacred lands and right away. withdrew, withheld so much money and um, really bottlenecked a lot of policy. And we, we just, we're making really great strides. And I just don't want to see that go back to where it was. Right. And uh, boy, we need to remind people because we have a short attention span. We also have people that are working two jobs that aren't staying on top of things uh, like we are, because I guess I, I guess I'm a political junkie. I didn't really think of that, but I think I am now. And uh, uh, just the things, listen to what Trump says, and uh, you can believe what he's going to do and shut down things. And and um, first day going to be, uh, get, well, I, I just want to say this. The second day he was in office, he bypassed Obama's uh, Standing Rock uh, thing and said, drill, baby, drill. And uh, yeah. the second day of his office. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would imagine he has a long list of things he didn't get done that he wanted to last year. Mm-hmm. Or last time around, and um, he's gonna he's gonna go full steam ahead again. Yeah. Uh, I don't. We saw the chaos in his, his, you know, the the people that he had working under him, and they came and went and came and went, and seats weren't, you know, positions weren't filled. Um, it, it was just the efficiencies of government, which are always sort of questionable. Uh, I will agree. I will admit um, they got even worse. And this is not the time. Well, it's never the time to have that kind of confusion and poor leadership and, and lack of vision uh, for our country, especially when we are really in a global crisis w- with what's going on in the Middle East, yeah. with China. 
um, at Taiwan. I mean, right. it could very easily any day Ukraine become Ukraine. another world war. Right. Uh, with what's happening in the, the Black Sea and Japan mm -hmm. and China. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we don't know what he now knows kind of how to to rig the system even more, meaning mm -hmm. Trump. And we don't know what he has up his sleeve. We only know yeah. all the bad things that he's talking about that he's going to do. And you can believe it. He's going to, you know, listen to him. And so that's why I think it's important to have you on and uh, other people on our show just to remind us, because we went through every day of crazy stuff. And I almost said the, a swear word, but every day of crazy stuff. And now we have Biden in there and it, it seems more relaxed. But there was every day we were scratching our head. And there was a report after four years, he had 50,000 lies <laughs> reported. 50. Not a day? 50. No, yeah, 50,000 during his presidency. And it's like, who's in second place? I mean, what? I, I, I just can't. So we have to remind, especially our people that are working all the time and not paying attention as much as we are, that don't listen to the Republicans when they come to uh, to a, a thing about uh, infrastructure and say they voted for it because they didn't. You know, there's all these things that they like to take credit for, but they were fighting against tooth and nail. And, uh, yeah. and you, you experience that firsthand. Yeah, that happens way too often, you know, um, a lot of resistance. And I'm not saying that as a Democrat, I didn't resist uh, Republican legislation, but it wasn't good legislation. At the right. end of the day, it wasn't. And I firmly believe that when I vote for something, uh, for a piece of legislation, that it has the power of good mm -hmm. and it has the best interest of of all of Minnesota's constituents in it. There are going to be people that don't agree with it, that don't like it. Um, but, you know, I would never do, I would never take, uh, try to take credit for something that, that I didn't do. And right. I think it's so important that when um, higher ups are look are saying, Oh, I did this, or we did this, you know, here in Minnesota or the other, I would really go back and find out which legislator carried that bill, which right. legislator fought for, you know, all of those health rights and, and reproductive rights and transportation money and uh, all of that, because it's the legislators that are doing that boots on the ground work um, from the minute that bill gets into their head to, you know, creating that bill working that bill through the legislature and then and then fighting for it in our committees and on the floor. Um, you know, we can send it to the governor to be to have him sign it. But mm -hmm. the, at the end of the day, it's those legislators at the state level that are yeah. working their hardest to get this work done. And um, any of you, too, can become a state legislator. So consider yeah. that as well, not just voting, but how you can serve your community and your state. You know, and that reminds me as you were talking too uh, with another, uh, all the great work that, uh, the legislature and the governor have done this past session. A lot of it could be wiped out federally. I mean, they're talking about a federal restriction, uh, of, uh, women's rights. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's for real that we got yeah. these people that don't want you to have, uh, uh, pictures up of, uh, you know, something they don't agree with, but then they're ramming Christianity down our throats and that uh, abortion's bad and you're bad and you're going to hell. And it's just like, it's, uh, it's not an even playing field when you listen to these guys. Yeah. You know, I even worry that ICWA would come back up on right. the, on the docket after we fought so hard for that. And we're still, you know, we, we passed our own Minnesota in uh, Indian family preservation uh, the, we updated yeah. it last year yeah. and we bolstered it uh, just with that because of that threat. And then this summer, that incredible work group led by Rebecca McConkie Green went through it again and are, are working to continue to to update all of that. But there are states that don't have that in place. And I, I really, really, really worry about um, Indian child welfare across our country should 
you know, somebody else getting into um, that that presidency or, and the um, judges and the judicial branch that they create. Well, and that's another good point, too. Um, we're going to have a few uh, Supreme Court judges coming up, too, I, I do believe, in the next uh, cycle, too. So that's another thing. What happened uh, the last time, you know, they wouldn't let Obama uh, pick his judge because it was a year before he was ending his presidency. But yet Trump was trying to, you know, the last weeks of his presidency put a ram through a, a, a court, a Supreme Court member. So, again, double double edged sword here. Yep. Well, State Senator, thank you so much. Wow. What a lot of as always. What a lot of great information. That's keep engaged. That's uh, keep working in a good way and things will happen in a good way. Thank you so much for being on as always. Yes, absolutely. Take care, everybody. All right. Hey, that was State Senator Mary Kunish. And uh, this is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. And up next, uh, Wendy with our sacred animal section. Stay with us. Good one. Oh, the city of minneapolis is now on native roots radio with minneapolis air air stands for american indian relations guest host christine mcdonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities minneapolis air dives into topics like public safety public health elections and so much more Tune in to Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Become a teacher and ignite change. Join the St. Paul Urban Residency Program to become a teacher in just 15 months. You can earn your master's degree and teaching license from the University of St. Thomas while earning a $30,000 stipend, single health care, and dental benefits. As an added bonus, next year's cohort, all residents will receive $20,000 towards their tuition. Apply now. Applications due February 28, 2024. Visit spps.org/sutr. As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? How? Hey, it's Friday, which means we have a brand new Sacred Animals of Fun Fact Friday segment from Humane Policy Leader, Wendy Pilot. Take it away, Wendy. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Haley. Hey, everybody. My name is... Hanajihihani, that means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. You know, I've talked about puppy mills over and over again um, on this show, and I still run uh, come across people who don't know what they are. And I have to uh, confess, Robert and I, we didn't know what these were either 24 years ago. We had no idea what a puppy mill was. Robert and I walked into a pet store one day getting cat food and we purchased two little Chihuahua puppies. And after we purchased those puppies, 
uh, people educated us, some in nice ways and some not so nice ways, um, about what a puppy mill is. So after I learned what a puppy mill is, first of all, I felt really bad about buying these two Chihuahua puppies when I knew for a fact where the parents came from. You know, I felt terrible. Um, but I really just want to talk about it again, um, even if there's one or two people out there who've never heard about puppy mills, uh, to learn more about them. And maybe you could even help another person learn about them. So I always say adopt, don't shop. And this is the reason why. Uh, so very quickly, uh, puppy mill is a breeding facility that can have one to a thousand or more dogs. Nine dogs. Uh, they're kept in cages. They're not socialized. They don't really see the vet. Um, and they're breeded uh, twice a year, which is their breeding cycle. And um, they're not socialized and they just spend their whole life in a cage. And the puppies are sent uh, to pet stores. Now, I came across a documentary that is free and you can watch on YouTube. Uh, it's called Dog by Dog dog by dog, uh, the horrible reality of American puppy mills. And it was originally on Netflix, but now you could watch the full documentary. I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes and it's on YouTube and it's really so informative. Um, there's undercover video. There's um, a lot of experts talking, a lot of people who just care on the, on the documentary I really recommend it uh, to watch, you know, for everyone to watch, and it really brings awareness about the really big problem here in the United States that we have um, with puppy mills. You know, a lot of these dogs that you purchase at a pet store, uh, they come from these horrible places. They have health conditions, uh, con congenital abnormalities. Uh, they have worms, they might have parvo, they have other sicknesses and, and viruses. And then people buy these dogs and then they're stuck with really, really high vet bills and a lot of the dogs end up in shelters. Uh, so it's a horrible uh, circle of what happens. Um, you know, a, there are few and uh, few in between reputable breeders a reputable breeder will not sell their puppies to a pet store. A reputable breeder wants to know where their puppies are going. And the best of the best breeders uh, will make the person who's uh, buying the dog sign a contract and saying, if there's any reason why you don't want my dog anymore, my puppy, um, I do not want the dog to end up in a shelter. I want the dog back. So you're going to find, it's really, really hard to find. Um, you know, a reputable breeder, you're able to go in there and see the mom dog, the, the father dog. Um, they're not living in cages. They're living in the house. They're not being bred every uh, cycle, twice a year, only once a year. Um, but people who breed dogs are really in, into it for the money, right? They're into it for the money and that's how they make their living. So why not breed a dog twice a year if you can? Um, it's hard on the dog. It's hard on the, the body, you know. Um, our, our little Gracie, a little white Maltese, uh, she's passed on, uh, but she was one of those breeder dogs in a puppy mill and she was kept in a cage in an indoor facility in Iowa and um, she never saw the light of day. When we first got her, um, I remember her sitting out in the in the backyard, like gazing at the sky. I've never seen a dog do that in my whole entire life, gazing at the sky. Like, what dog does that, right? Um, so uh, there's also another site that I want to, to uh, tell you about. And uh, the site is called uh, Bailing, Bailing Out Benji. Dot com so bailingoutbenji.com and I love this website so you could go on there and you could click on whatever state you want in the United States and they have a map of where each puppy mill is and they have a key to um, you could find out how many dogs are in each 
puppy mill in um, in that state. So I'm, I have Minnesota up right now, Minnesota Puppy Mills. And um, here, let me just bring this up. It just take me a second. And it'll say uh, they have a key, like the green dot will tell you it's uh, zero to 49 dogs. The red dot is 50 to 149. The blue dot is 150 to 249 dogs and so on and so forth. Um, and then uh, the pink dot is a thousand plus dogs in a puppy mill. Now, the most uh, concentrated amount of puppy mills in Minnesota is in Winona. Um, a lot of them are smaller on the smaller side. They have um, up to 49 dogs each, um, but then they have another um, two more puppy mills that have between 50 and 149 dogs. That's quite a few dogs to have and to take care of. And, you know, when just like a factory farm, when you have chickens or pigs or cows and they're kept in um, conditions uh, where they're close together, it's a breeding ground for bacteria and illnesses and sicknesses, and it's just terrible. So um, I'm just going to go through here a little bit. Let's see here. So we are in... Um, uh, let's see, Hennepin County, Wright County, Carver, Scott, Dakota, I don't see any puppy mills there. Rice County does. They have uh, quite a few. Um, and they have pet stores that sell puppies. So we want to get rid of those as well. Um, Cass Lake, we have Polk up north, Becker. Uh, they all have puppy mills, Redwood, Cottonwood, Murray, Nobes, Jackson. You could go on this list and find out and see how many dogs. There's also cat breeders, too. Stearns County has cat breeders. Uh, it's the same type of operation, except uh, there's cats, and the cats and kittens are sold to pet stores, and you could buy them online and, and so forth and so on. So I just want everyone to get um, have awareness that there are puppy mills. There's many, many, many in the United States, and you could Google it by going on uh, bailingoutbenji.com. And also check out that documentary, Dog by Dog, The Horrible Reality of American Puppy Mills, and you could find that on YouTube. Um, hope everybody has a great weekend, and thanks. Thank you very much, Haley. Thank you, Robert. Back to you. Thanks, Wendy. All right. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier now.